1: Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Thanks, as always, for listening, for tuning in, for following and subscribing on uh, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's the athletic app or the athletic website or uh, Apple or Spotify or wherever, as always. You can go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source to get a subscription. Right now, we have a promo 50% off for an annual subscription. If you go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source, highly recommend it with hockey season right around the corner. I've got a ton of good features on the way. I'm working on one on Alex Goligoski right now. Just ran one on uh, Brandon Duhame and Connor Duer as well. And just been a, a fun training camp so far. It feels like it's gone on for a month. Today is Tuesday. Just to think of how long training camp it feels like, it was a week ago today actually a week ago this afternoon that the uh, Wild signed Karel Kaprizov and the press conference was actually on Wednesday so it just it it really it almost feels like we've been in training camp for a couple months now maybe it's because I usually don't cover the rookie tournaments so that's sort of bled into training camp here and hockey season doesn't start until October 15th for the Wild in Anaheim so it it just feels like uh, this is going on and on and on although when I first started covering the league uh, training camp was a lot lot longer so uh, so I shouldn't complain at all but it's been uh, it just feels like it's been forever but we've had some news. Uh, the alternate captains were were announced by Dean Evison and Billy Garen last week. Jared Spurgeon went into the locker room and in a cool, Cool uh, little um, speech uh, awarded the A's, his alternate captains, uh, his assistants, his support system uh, to Marcus Foligno and Matt Dumba. Um, a lot of us thought that Jonas Burdine and, and Yule Eriksson Eck would have the opportunity or to be the front runners to get that second A. We all thought Marcus Foligno was a no brainer. Uh, but Matt Dumba gets it. And again, he's one of their most vocal leaders, uh, energy guy, somebody that they love uh, in that locker room and also all that he does in the community. And it's funny when stuff like this happens and you, you know, you start to overthink it and you think, well, you know, they got the eight year deal. Brodeen's starting the seven year deal. brodeen has been here forever, 10 years. You start to think, well, they have to be the guys and you start to overthink it. And then when they make the announcement that it's Dumba, you think after the fact, well, it kind of was obvious. I mean, if you think about just the way that he is in that locker room and the way he rallies those troops and uh, you know, how funny he is in there and how much his teammates like him, it's sort of uh you know, again, makes sense. So uh, we had a cool press conference also with Marcus Flino and Matt Dumba um, as well, and it was pretty. Uh, it was it was pretty neat to just see how excited and humbled and and motivated they were. And if you saw the videos at the Wild put on Wild.com, they gave a good in, uh, inside glimpse to what it looked like in that locker room with the entire team, not just the uh, 23 NHL guys, but all the prospects, all the minor leaguers, the entire front office, the entire coaching staff, all the trainers in there. And um, it was just a really neat kind of thing. And, and the, just the words that Dumba and Felino said about making it an inclusive locker room, a welcoming locker room from this point forward. It's uh, pretty good. There seems to be a com- camaraderie with this team. If you saw on social media, it felt like the entire team went to the Viking game, including curl Kaprizov the other day. Um, a bunch of guys have been going to twins games. In fact, uh, yesterday we had our winter classic press conference. Gary Bettman was in town um, Jim Polad and Joel Polad and um, David, Dave St. Peter from the Twins was here, the Discover CMO. Um, I'm trying to think who else was here. Uh, Tom Stillman and Chris Zimmerman, uh, the owner and the uh, uh, president of the St. Louis Blues. In fact, I didn't know that Tom Stillman was actually born and raised in Minnesota, which was pretty neat. Apparently, he went to the same high school as Jim Polad, which is Pretty uh, pretty bonkers, if you think about it. And then Kenny Albert from TNT was here. Gary Bettman was here. Steve Mayer from the NHL was here. Billy Garen, Marcus Felino, Matt Dumba, Craig Leopold, and Matt Maka were all at the press conference. And um, Matt Matt, Matt Dumba just had this great quote after that I talked to Marcus Flino about on this podcast about how that Marcus and Matt were at the Twins game the other day and sort of envisioning what it's going to be like to see where that hockey rink is going to be on the field come January 1st at night, 6 p.m. game, um, what it's going to be like just envisioning the fans there and and to play this incredible winter classic. Uh, So um, it seems like there's this awesome camaraderie that's going to potentially only continue to build throughout training camp. They're going to have a bonding trip up in Duluth, where they'll spend a couple days together as well. Um, so pretty neat. Um, as I mentioned, I wrote a Dewey one, Dewey two story yesterday. Hopefully everybody reads that. The Galagoski, uh story is going to be coming. A um, couple other news and notes from this week. Um, Adam Beckman has put himself on the, uh, to me, he's put himself right into the mix of trying to make this team. Um, you know, we all thought Rossi Boldy, Rossi Boldy. Well, Beckman is showing, well, Hey, I'm no uh, slouch here. And he goes out in his uh, preseason uh, NHL debut and scores a couple goals, a couple beauties. Um, Dean Evison really raved about that Giroux, Bitten, and Beckman line. Uh, they had a jailbreak, as Joe O'Donnell said on the broadcast, and uh, Beckman scored off a three-on-one great pass by Will Bitten. Um, and that's real, the real neat thing about this team right now. Is like We talk about Rossi, we talk about Boldy, we talk about Beckman, we talk about who's and a lot of the prospects coming, but they have a lot of good players in Iowa. You know, Duhame, Dewar, Bitten, Giroux, you know, guys that we don't talk a lot about. And, you know, a lot of these guys just need opportunities to get to the NHL, and maybe that'll happen here in the next year or two. Uh, you know, Duham clearly has a chance to make this team right out of camp. He was the guy that started on that fourth line with Nico Sturm and Nick Bukestad. Um, yesterday at practice, and we'll see what happens today, uh, Beckman and Boldy was ro- ro- rotating in and out as well. Um, so clearly, there's a lot of prospects here that they are going to give good opportunities to. The guy that I hope gets a, b- a better opportunity so far, then he's gotten his Marco Rossi. I'd love to see him uh, skate with either Kaprizov or Zuccarello or get him on a line with Fiala to give Fiala a bit of a lifeline who's been skating right now with Victor Rask and Freddie Goudreau as well. Um, so we'll see if that happens uh, later in camp. Um, some of the veterans in that opening preseason game in St. Louis uh, really got called out by Dean Evison. Dean is not one to usually go after his players, but he 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 said that none of the veterans in the game really conducted them themselves the way that the organization wanted. And he actually called out by name uh, Jordan Greenway, where he actually said that Boldy and Rossi were good in the game, but the veteran on their line was not. And that is a hundred percent Jordan Greenway who, uh, you know, this is it's time now is 24 years old. He's only got a year left on his deal. Um, You know, we all know about the cap situation with the Wild. He's going to have to get his act together and be a more consistent player. And maybe that was just, you know, opening, uh, you know, again, a weird exhibition game a couple days into camp. Um, You know, we'll see. I'm sure Jordan get better and better as – as camp goes on, a um, couple little news and notes. Uh, the uh, essential dates calendar is out by the NHL and the NHLPA. Uh, trade deadline is March 21st. Uh, free agency is going to start July 13th. July 7th to 8th will be the uh, NHL draft in. Um, Montreal. And the other really neat thing uh, that was announced yesterday is Henrik Lundqvist will have his number 30 raised to the rafters of Madison Square Garden on January 28th. That will happen before a game against the Minnesota Wild. And what's really neat about that is one of his best friends in the world, Matt Zuccarello, will be in attendance for that. I've got to think that Zuccarello uh, is incredibly excited uh, to be a part of that because we all know how tight they were. If you read my Zuccarello feature when he first got to Minnesota, it was it ran actually opening night his first year Uh, before his NHL debut in The Athletic. uh, Henrik Lundqvist really uh, helped write that story with a lot of great anecdotes when I talked to him on the phone. And uh, if you remember when Zuccarello was traded to the Dallas Stars, by the New York Rangers. Uh, really emotional interview by Henrik Lundqvist. You can find it on YouTube where he actually broke down crying because of how much he was going to miss a guy like Matt Zuccarello. So it's uh, really neat that they're going to be raising his uh, highly, highly deserved too. I mean, this is a future Hall of Famer, one of the class acts in NHL history that I've been around and covered. And um, I think it'll be really sweet that uh, that Zuccarello will be there, uh, probably welling up uh, watching the that, that incredible jersey raised uh, to the roof of the world's most famous, arena. Um, Again, Marcus Foligno, always a fun interview, always gracious to sit down and talk. Um, uh, He's become one of my favorite players I've ever covered on this wild team. Uh, Really have a really cool conversation here coming up. Without further ado, here is Marcus Foligno. Well, Marcus, thanks for uh, joining here in the, uh, I I didn't even know the studio existed here at Trier Rink. So uh, thanks for joining as always. And yeah, I mean, it's funny. We were just talking about what it was like over at Target Field yesterday. And you were saying it's the first time you met Gary Bettman, (laughs) which is always a good thing, actually. He probably is a player if you haven't met him because it means you haven't done anything yeah. egregiously wrong. That's right. Um, but, what, I mean, it, it is funny. I mean, he you look at him sometimes and he's a celebrity. He's run this league for 25 years now, and, yeah. uh, and then you finally get to meet him. Yeah, I was actually
2: joking with him. I wasn't a first-round pick, so I didn't get to shake his hand and walk up on stage. <laughs> so uh, it, it's always, you know... Uh, Nice and and, and great to to meet uh, a guy like that and, you know, big uh, part of our league and reason why, um, you know, decisions are made through him and um, always interesting to meet them and even just meeting, um, you know, it was always great seeing Craig Leopold and and, uh, Matt Maka and, and, um, you know, even meeting the brass on on St. Louis' side. So, um, I think when... You're involved in the in the game a little bit on the HLPA side. It's interesting to meet these guys. These guys really do uh, kind of run our league and, and help us play this great game. So a lot of great guys I met last night and just, you know, the whole – atmosphere of the the day yesterday was just amazing i mean we really just told by aaron sickman that there's a press conference happening at target field but i didn't know how big it was and and, um i knew that it was you know about the opening uh kind of uh beat talks about you know getting this winter classic going but when you stepped out there um coming out of the dugout was pretty sweet and um I don't know, I think fans are going to be blown away I think you know players are going to be blown away yeah. and everyone involved it's going to be a really special day. Yeah.
1: I thought one of the coolest sights of last night of yesterday uh, afternoon was when you and Duma came over to do your scrum with the media after the press conference. And anytime Dumbo was talking to us, you were just sort of looking around target <laughs> field. And, yeah. and you could see how you know, one, you were, you know, blown a bit away by the stadium, but I don't know if you were envisioning what it's going to be like on January 1st. But it yeah. was it looked like you were really taking it in.
2: Yeah, I was. I was I was I should have walked out into the ice surface just and stood in the <laughs> middle of the ice just to see how it was. But um yeah, I just think when you come out of that dugout and I think, you know, you're so used to seeing Uh, kind of fans all around you and Mm -hmm. closer I think it's going to be insane seeing uh, people in the outfield and people all the way in the top deck and and the you know the Budweiser restaurant or what they have you in the outfield packed and um, I don't know it's just something that's going to be really cool and special and um, really unique because you know we never get that opportunity to do things like that, and it's a Target Field, such a great venue. Been there for a lot of baseball games, and really, there's a lot of great seats in that that stadium. So, um, I'm just trying to get. I always like to to feel what it what it would be like to watch us, and then and you know it really kind of gets you excited for that game.
1: Uh, Dumba was saying that you guys went to the Twins game the other day, and we're actually envisioning what where the yeah. rink was going to be and yeah. all
2: that stuff. I didn't know if it was kind of going to be you know lengthways, kind of starting at the home plate mm-hmm. and moving out, or more in the outfield. So, uh, where they have it. Kind of the nets on third base and then the other nets on first base, um, that position of the ice surface, I think it's a really cool job. And um, I think, you know, they, I think the league knows what they're doing when it comes to, um, you know, what fans can see from different areas and working with the venue. But uh, now seeing it with the, with that outline sketch they put yeah. out there, um, it's, it's pretty cool. And I am i can't wait for that nice little long walk to to the bench.
1: Yeah, yeah. How special would it be to score a goal? I mean, Ryan Carter yeah. scored an outdoor yeah. goal for the Wild. You got to be now yeah. score a goal. No,
2: that'd be that's definitely <laughs> on the uh, on on the, the to do list. Um, that's something special. I'm talking to Matt about it scoring the first yeah. one too. I think the icebreaker, um, just to get that one out. You obviously want to score in a game like this. You don't want to get skunked. And um, you know, my biggest thing is we just want to win. We want to have a great great day, great night, and uh, you know that'll make a little bit more celebrations than everyone involved. Um, you know, for our team, for Craig Leopold, to win that game is going to be very special.
1: The um, it, it really is kind of neat also the way the league works sometimes. Like, I don't know if you realize that when you and Billy Garrett and Matt Dumber were talking at home plate after the guy you were talking to was Steve Mayer who runs – all these events and it seemed like you guys were actually giving him ideas like i don't think steve Mayer realized until you told him that there's going to be a morning skate that he's going to yeah. need to schedule on that ice too yeah because it's the first scheduled prime time game i
2: know i was laughing about that i'm like oh because yeah. they said 6 p.m or 7 yeah. p.m i don't know if they got adjusted but yeah. you know a night game which is going to be really cool because the lights will be on and i think yeah. that's going to be pretty special to see but um for the most part i think uh yeah, we were gonna just just kind of shooting the, the crap around with it and just saying, you know, I think if we're if, this is, if it's a night game, we're gonna have a morning skate. And he kind of looked at me, and Billy kind of looked at me too, like, oh yeah, we gotta we gotta get out here in the morning. So I know that we'll have maybe an extra skate out there. I know there's a family skate the day before yep. and a full practice. Um, so that'll be a that'll be a great day for that. Um, but yeah, just you know, you gotta take it like a normal game day, and we're just trying to think about. You know meetings i'm sure coaches are thinking about i went i did a tour yesterday of the dress room so seeing the layout of the yeah. dress room is going to be pretty cool and i, I know our, our my teammates are going to be pretty excited once they get in there
1: um the other day you and matt were also uh, awarded uh, alternate captains and it, i mean it was funny i mean you know we, it was like you were just like expected <laughs> <laughs> and that it was like the it was like a you know running of the, like who the other guys would gonna be eric snack protein zuccarello Dumba, whoever yeah. it was um First of all, it, like Matt had told a really funny story that he didn't know what that it, it seemed like nobody knew what the meeting was going to be about. And he asked Spurgeon in the showers what yeah. the meeting was about. And Spurgeon <laughs> made some joke that yeah. it was about like proper etiquette and how to act, treat like yeah, yeah. You know, the valets he, and things like that. Did yeah. you know that it was going to be A's? He, uh, no, I had no
2: idea. I mean, I, I, I. I kind of felt Something was coming on But at the same time too um, Andrew Height, Our PR guy Sends that text message Of the groups the next day And then Jared Spurgeon Kind of piggyback off This text message And said hey Also 11.15 meeting So um, We just didn't know If there was um, More to talk about uh, From a team standpoint Or Dino had something to say Or Billy mm-hmm. had something to say And um, So yeah, it was a really nice surprise that, you know, everyone prospects to Iowa guys to the main guys and and uh, all the coaching staff, all the Iowa staff, all, all the brass and um very special to get that award and, and be honored uh, with the assistant captaincy uh from Jared and and then also just in front of everyone. So, um it was a, a moment I'll never forget and uh, excited to be assistant and happy for Matt Dumba as well. I mean, he's <laughs> a guy that, uh, you know, we like, like you said, there's a lot of guys on that list that, uh, you know, including me that could be in that position. And that's what makes our team so special. I think this year is that our core group is really matured and um, really expected to do great things this year. And um, you could have given it to anyone. There's a lot of guys that can step up and have that experience of of playing games, Goligosky too. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to rely on everyone to to get through the season.
1: Yeah. I mean, your speech that they showed on wild.com of, of, what you told the players about making an inclusive locker room, a welcoming locker room, especially for these young kids. I mean, you were in that yeah. position when these young kids have to come up and all of a sudden they're in a locker room with a bunch of NHLers. It's got to be even intimidating for them. How, yeah. how much is that the culture that you want to create in there?
2: Yeah, I think that's just that's where, you know, I was kind of taught raised up that way. Um you know you look at someone in the eyes and shake their hands introduce yourself tell your name and, and you go on about your day but you you don't pass people in the hallway just things like that mm-hmm. that I learned from my father and um, that's the way we want this room to be we want it to be uh, fun exciting every time you come to the rink and, and you want everyone to be friends I mean that, that's the only way you get through uh, a season and get to the playoffs and win a cup I mean you look at all the teams that have won a cup they're, they're they're close they hold each other accountable but they, they can look each other in the eyes and, and say that because they are close and they have that respect for one another and um, that's the way we want our room to go And um, You know Jared leads by example On and off the ice And uh, I'm lucky that They look at me As a, as a player That does that as well But um, That's the way we want it we, we have such a special group This year Because I think everyone's On the same page And mm-hmm. really Just understands What it takes to win We learned a lot last year The grind of the game Last year was different In some ways um, But 82 game season Again this year We're going to need Everyone on board And at their best And um you know, There's no better way of doing that Than coming together as a
1: team and being really close Right, it's funny, it feels like we've been in Training camp for two months, I don't know if it feels yeah, that it way feels For you, long. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we're only five Or six days and yet, you you know, your line Has been consistent right now with Ryan Hartman Now in the middle and Jordan Greenway on the left It's no longer the, gr- well I guess you could kind of Still call it the grief line, you'd probably have to take out The, yeah. <laughs> the E, yeah, yeah. but uh, with, with Hartman in there, but how has Hartman uh, Fit in and slid into Erickson X role And do you think it could be seamless, because as you Know, you were one of the best lines in the league last year
2: yeah, I mean I think, you know, Hartsey is um you know, very has a good skill set and uh, you know, playing with him last year I think, you know, him taking over Acker's position on our line is is actually probably the you know most seamless transition, I think that we're going to have when this someone to take over would be him. And, um, he plays that gritty style that mm-hmm. we like to play. And I think that's a, that's something that's underrated about Hartsey is that guy has, wears his heart in his sleeve. And, uh, he is so good at just being a team guy, block shots. If he hits, he can fight. He can, um, he can, and he's good around the net and makes, makes good passes and things like that. So he's, he's a good player. He got a lot of confidence last year in the year he had. And, um, we're happy, Greener and I, to, to be playing with him, and we just want our line to be great, no matter what. I mean, if Acker's doing his thing with Kareel and Zuki, and we our line is clicking, that's only better for our team. So that's our main objective. Is you know, we want to click right away and get this uh, get this thing rolling.
1: Yeah, Ryan is an interesting player. I mean, from the like first round pick. But he's had to bounce around. He's played in bottom six roles where now he's on the second line or however you want to label the lines. I mean, this seems like an incredible opportunity for him to really show and get rewarded for all he's done in this league already. Yeah,
2: you know, I think for him, I just feel like maybe an organization really hasn't instilled confidence in him, and mm-hmm. I think now he's got it, and and I think that's why he's, you know, the player he's becoming for our team. I think, you know, you've seen Chicago. You know, Chicago's a tough tough team to crack as a young guy and and you know to be a first rounder you know for them and I just think that he um you know didn't get lost it's just one of those things where you want to feel wanted as a young guy he didn't really have that now he's here and he's he's you know he's got a contract and um he knows his role on our team and how important he is and I think that's why he's just taken off for us so you know we expect to to you know, produce next year for sure. Our line, and um, I have no doubt in, in him. You know, he's a great person off the ice, and he's a great teammate. So, um, you know, like I said, he just he's team first men- mentality, and uh, he does a lot of things the right ways, and he, and he does it hard. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: let's go back to the summer. We know, I mean, we've joked about it a bunch with uh, you and Nick, and the whole recruiting process. <laughs> Don't and remind like that. me. Yeah, somebody asked actually if you're worried. Uh, Scott asked on Twitter if you're worried that you're you've just cost yourself a job of becoming a GM one day because you could yes. recruit you recruit your own bro. Brother. absolutely yeah I'm not gonna
2: I'm not gonna sign up for that position yeah. unless it's given to me one day but I doubt it um yeah you know it was just a crazy you know even leading up to free agency two months and when I think when our seasons both ended um it was kind of our mind mental focus shift to where's Nick's gonna play next so um you know just working out with him every day I'm so blessed to do that we're lucky that we have a, yeah. a, a legit walk about 50 steps next door and he's there and he's got the gym downstairs in the basement so we had a lot of great days in the summertime, and a lot of good skates and um you know obviously he had a little bit of an injury scare in toronto with his back and now he did an amazing job i saw it firsthand it just him getting it back and back in track and feeling great so it was just a it was just a you know i was trying to do my best of just selling minnesota to him and i i did pretty good for the most part and um you know it was just one of those things where uh he was you know picked up by boston i think mm-hmm. you know he got not not a better deal but just something that um you know, he 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 thought it was more for him at the time, and um, you know, was it was it a good deal? Yeah, it was a good deal for Nick, at the, and you know, from his, what his whatever contract he was coming off last time. So, I think that all that stuff gets played into it. But um, he sees their team, and and uh, he sees himself fit on that team pretty well. So. Um, yeah, it was it was a tough pill to swallow and you you I I had actually a, a jersey waiting for him and everything. I was going to take a, a wow. draft pick uh, jersey. Uh-huh. And uh yeah, that day I was with them on the phones and I just slowly realized that this jersey going right in the bag and I'm going to bring <laughs> it back to my house. So, yeah, it's okay. He got uh, he he's happy and his family's happy and that's all that matters. Yeah.
1: You know, it's uh you know, and I think it says a lot about just again, the integrity of your family is that um, and I think that you know it that a lot of players seem to know about going into free agency where they're signing. A lot of teams know who they're signing. Nick yeah. played it by the book. I mean, he, yeah. he went into free agency and he fielded phone calls. And yeah. That's the way it used to be. It's kind of no longer that way, but there was yeah. no tampering, nothing. He, like when I did the story on you guys a couple of days before agency, he made it extremely clear. Yeah. It is not a guarantee I'm going to Minnesota. It's on my list, but it's not a guarantee.
2: Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's another thing I noticed too is like he, he was very undecided. He mm-hmm. wanted to, See every offer that came in, and 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 he you know talked to every GM and understand his role there, which I think is smart. Um, I know some guys are, are excited to be a free agent and they want to go play at a place because they think it's cool and they think it's a great team and mm-hmm. they think they they can win there right away. But it just, sometimes it doesn't pan out. So Nick really filled the phone calls and just wanted to get a vibe on how badly he was wanted, and um, you know Boston was obviously the, the one that uh, really caught his attention. Yeah,
1: um, wanted to ask you a, a bunch of fun questions I got from uh, from fans but I did want to ask you about Jack Eichel. I know that you're, you're friendless with him. You have an immense amount of respect for him. Mm -hmm. This has got to be the toughest situation that I've ever seen in the NHL where, where this poor guy can't get the surgery that he wants to extend his career. And he's now just, sort of sitting in limbo
2: yeah i'm pretty lost with the whole situation too i mean i've had talks with jack a little bit early in the summer just to see how he's Mm -hmm. doing and more more so more about his injury and and it's serious and it's just something that he has got a i mean i think they showed highlights the other day on angel network i was watching and he had some hits and took some hits or made some plays and was grabbing his neck after it so it's not nothing like it's um you know a diversion or something like that like he's it's about a player who's actually injured and needs help and needs yeah. to be uh something needs to be figured out here soon and um it you know from the outside it just it's it's crazy to see two sides can't make a deal and uh, especially about you know a top end i just think of a our, our top player Imagine if Kirill was in that position, I think the franchise would do anything they wanted to to try to get that player to be healthy. And it's just really kind of dumbfounded that yeah. Buffalo hasn't really stepped up and, and made an agreement or, or come to sat down with Jack and just kind of, you know, figured out what the issue is going on. So um, I feel bad for Jack. I mean, I really do. He, that guy wears his heart on his sleeve and as a young kid um, took a lot on his shoulders from bringing a franchise around and um he's a heck of a player and and a heck of a competitor and um you know you get the whole league you know the league the 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 conversation going around is now this if he does get it he's not gonna be ready for usa olympic hockey right so yeah and that's a big blow to jack because i know how well he he loves playing for team usa and how much he loves his country so um yeah, you know, I just feel like right now it's just like kind of really, really hurting the player, Jack Eichel.
1: You know how perception becomes reality too, and there's always this talk that Jack has these character issues and things like that. You've told me it's nothing's further from the truth. Yeah,
2: right? that's rumors. I mean, I feel like it might be rumors up to the, the Taylor Hall rumors, where you know, like yeah. things like that, where you just hear that stuff and and guys like him and listen, Jack is. You know, I think he's. I don't want to say he's probably along the lines of of, of a McKinnon where he forces guys and, Mm -hmm. you know, pushes guys, but I I think that's, that's a guy that wants to win and he's your best player every night. So, um, he's unbelievable guy off the ice. I had a lot of fun with him in Buffalo. Um, you know, he, he was going through the motions of trying to understand the, you know, what it is to, become a veteran in this league and and as a rookie you know he's just kind of taken in as a sponge so I was lucky enough to be somewhat of an older guy and and have him under my wing but he's a a, a guy that is works works as you know works so hard and has a skill set that is unbelievable and is definitely a a top you know 10 player in this league and easily and and um it's just disappointing to see you know for our game fans want to watch Jack Eichel and right now he's not in there
1: yeah, no doubt about it, uh, Marcus. We, uh, you know, uh, I got a bunch of questions asking for yeah. more funny Kaprizov stories. You told a really <laughs> funny one. Uh, I don't know if you want to rehash it on spit and chiclets, uh, but uh, but you, I mean, this guy is a beauty, huh?
2: Yeah, he is. Uh, he's awesome. I mean, he is always smiling and and just he's just so happy to be here and he's so happy to play the game and um, he's a competitor too. I was just actually uh, we're laughing because I got new skates the other day and he got new skates the other day and. And one thing about Creel is, you know, if he's not feeling good or he's got something off with him, uh, he'll tell you. And, uh, it, you know, the russian accent adds a little bit more goofiness to it but uh it's just it's just comical for me to to hear it because i'm asking him you know what's wrong he's he looks like he's mad or because he's like i'm like is it just you know you're tired is your legs because it's my legs right now that are tired in camp and he goes no like it's my hands like i, I feel like shit you know like that's how that's how he talks so like he's got that this thing where he, he wants to be feel great every day and um if it's a sticks, he can and mm-hmm. he's a guy that can he can use this stick excuse or the skate excuse and I can't use that because that's <laughs> not my style of play but he's a guy that just you know he wants to feel great out there and um, he, I keep telling him, you know, we got a couple more weeks until the regular season starts. So that's all when it matters.
1: Speaking of shit, how much shit did you guys give him that, that he made his team skate today after practice? Uh, and <laughs> absolutely yeah. stone cold robbed him on the shootout. Yeah, We're happy with Kako. Kako turned yeah.
2: on the shootout for us. So we'd have to do the, uh, the Herb Brooks down and back, uh, miracle thing. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was awesome. And, and Creel looked pretty stunned too. Yeah, he, he did. He expects a score. And that's what's fun about yeah. him is I know they threw Creel out there for their last man shooter, uh, to win it or tie it up. But, yeah. uh, yeah, he's a, he's a competitor. And, and, uh, I mean, ever since day one, the guy, you know, the story that I have about him with uh, the text message thing was, it was pretty comical and that kind of broke the ice for him. And, um, <laughs> we understand his, I don't want to say cockiness. It's just like his demeanor. Like he, he just wants to be the best, and yeah. it doesn't come across cocky at all. It's just that's who Karell is, and and like I said, we're fortunate to have yeah. him on our team.
1: Did you um? You had the greatest line the other day about uh, how you love the fact that he smuggled himself into the country, <laughs> and, and um. Did you guys, yeah, as players, know that he was in in this st- because uh, Billy no. Guerin, They kept it a secret because yeah. I mean, if in, in a long in in a way, it made sense. It it shows that he always planned to sign to get here by camp, so he secretly came here but they don't want to tell billy because they're trying to get a little more money or a little more whatever yeah. so he didn't know he was here until a couple days before and you guys didn't either huh? yeah
2: no we had no clue and I, I, f- I found out when he signed i talked to whitey and uh he was just like yeah he'll be here tomorrow and I'm Like, what do you mean he's gonna be here tomorrow <laughs> he's in russia he's like no i'm like oh okay okay so he obviously was skating somewhere or vacationing yeah. <laughs> before his uh, payday um so yeah we're we're happy that all that got done, the vaccination and, and the quarantine, because, you know, right now we still wouldn't have my camp if it wasn't for yeah. that. So, um, you know, we're happy there's a, there's, there's a, um, I, I mean I, I could say it was it was my uh, my fault that uh, we got him over here on a on a f- secret plane or whatever like I was gonna <laughs> smuggle him back over the border myself but uh, it was nice that he did it himself.
1: Yeah, um, Miko Ković has been around a bunch here, which is kind of interesting. Now you know uh, uh, you know wh- wh- I think he's trying to kind of figure out exactly what he's gonna do, what his mm-hmm. role is gonna be, all that stuff. I mean, is it is it weird seeing him stroll through the locker room there? Uh, yeah, he's all done up. He's got a polo on every yeah. day, and it's
2: just uh, he's really taking that coach or that uh, that <laughs> Development coach uh, that, that sure. style really well. I mean, he looks – I'm happy he's around here. You know, he's he's, a, he's really the face of the franchise for a long, long time, and you want a guy – I think it's great for our culture, great for the organization to have guys like that who want to come back and be a part of the organization, you know, post-career. So, um, you know, we're happy to have Miko around, and, you know, I think from what I know is really, we can bounce things off of him. He's trying to work with the forwards and um, do more with just, you know, you know, offensive zone, things like that mm-hmm. to make more scoring chances and – uh, creating just a better, better plane, you know, cycle off the rush and things like that. So he's there. He's kind of got the eye, in the eye in the sky and he's working with the forwards and, um. Hey, I mean for a young guy coming in you got Mikko Koivu as a development guy or, or uh, just watching the skates that that's got to be pretty big
1: I said to him the other day I've never seen him smiling so much and he's yeah. being super nice to me which <laughs> makes me like think that I'm about to get like clobbered over the head yeah. that never
2: happens yeah he's got no he's got no uh, I think that's a, he's, he's got no pressure on him to, yeah. to perform anymore so he's a little bit more laid back and I think he's just taking in the, the post career a little yeah. bit nicer so it's, it's good to see that yeah. smile for sure
1: a funny question from Hideki asks, um best prank that you've ever seen in the locker. Room? Oh man! I know that we always. I should have probably warned you. That was yeah. No, I know. I know there's to-
2: a. I mean, there's a lot. There's a. I, I've seen. Uh, I've seen guys put the the Gatorade cup under the guy's helmet up top. So when he goes to grab his helmet, all the Gatorade water comes out on, on his gear and stuff <laughs> like that. I've seen the the Vaseline and the gloves. I think one of my favorite ones is guys fill up water into the into their sticks. They take the plug out and they fill up the stick with water. And then they put the plug back on, tape the guy's knob like, as if it was like theirs. Uh-huh. And then they, then the guy goes and picks up the stick and there's just water in it. So it's way heavier. <laughs> and I've seen that done to some rookies that, uh, usually chirp some vets in the next morning. They get their, <laughs> um, pocket sewn with their phone in their pocket. They get they actually get one of the trainers to go and take their pants from the, from the chain stall and, uh, uh, sew their pocket shut. And then they call them a hundred times and they're trying to get their phone and they can't because <laughs> there's their pocket sewn and, um yeah there's a lot I mean there's there's uh you know the cutting of the laces and things like that too yeah so it's usually the pranks usually happen when someone pisses someone off or or gets someone pretty good I mean the best one I've seen was not in the locker room but I think it was Matt Dumba and Joel Erickson that one year were in the car yeah if you saw that but I think it was a bunch of uh
1: uh, sticker like post its it right yeah post
2: its yep. and he just posts covered his whole car with like the pink and yellow yeah. and green post its it was yeah. hilarious so who
1: who's who's did they do it again with it was to
2: Erickson Act it was Erickson Act and, and it was Dumbo not, it was yeah, dumb right it, yep. yeah yeah, yeah, so i yeah. I never seen a car with that many yeah. posts on Did you
1: hear site? the one where uh Derek Bugard and Cal Clutterbuck did put popcorn peanuts in uh in Eric Belanger's car here and oh, he did no. not handle it well. Oh man. Yeah, and it was on camera and everything. It, you know, like those, the leather yeah. and like
2: all that stuff. Yeah, it probably yeah. got ruined. Oh man, no. Yeah. I've seen um, that, yeah. The uh,
1: the the one that uh you reminded me with the with the uh the pants being sewn is I, I was covering the, the Panthers and we were in Pittsburgh and after the game they stole Todd Simpson's jacket and in there in his dress shirt they cut holes where the nipples are so he had to walk to the boss with just a dress shirt with nip with his nipples exposed oh my god that's good so he found out that mike sillinger was the one that did it So we get to Ottawa and what are the chances my flight for some reason to Long Island is canceled. So the team let me fly with them to Long Island the next day after the game. And so I'm walking through security at Ottawa's airport because when you guys leave, you had to go through where passengers do. And Mike Sillinger is behind security looking inside the x-ray machine TV to see if he could find his teeth. I'm like, I didn't know what he, I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, somebody stole my teeth. And he had, they called him Chopper. Like they, oh I my what, they called him Chops or Chopper. That Choppers. was his nickname. And they took his entire teeth, stole it. And he knew it was Simpson right away. We're on the, it's the second game of like a five game road trip. Two, we go to Philly like two or three days later. And Mike Sillinger gets a call from his wife asking why his teeth were mailed to him. Oh, my so, God. So Todd Simpson stole Mike Sillinger's teeth, nailed it to his nailed wife in to Florida. Him. Oh, so, my God. I mean, that is an unbelievable. So yeah, the whole good. thing, he could, I mean, he was eating <laughs> nothing. I mean, it was just crazy. Oh, yeah, did you ever hear the Brian Campbell one in Buffalo? No. I, I can't believe you didn't hear So I was actually rehashing this with Marty Barone the other day. Oh, geez. So the Buffalo Sabres are in uh, South Florida. Brian Campbell's a rookie on the team. I'm covering the game. Um, it's the same game, coincidentally, that Matthew Barone scored on Marty Barone in the game for the winning goal. So brother against brother. So I'm covering the game and all of a sudden I get this tip that the Buffalo Sabres bus has been pulled over outside the loading docks by a bunch of cops. So I run out there to see what's going on and they got Brian Campbell, these cops have Brian Campbell off the bus and they're going through his equipment bag and they pull out these pills and then they like fake arrest him. And Lindy Ruff put viagra pills in his bag in front of the team and had these cop friends that he was buddies with from florida oh pull over the God. bus after and in front of the team pull out like this bag and in there was like all these like what they said were smuggled viagra pills yeah yeah. and so in front of the team and camel like, was just you know Oh, Just my God. freaking out. He's Jesus. probably like, I'm going yeah. to He's jail. He's like, that's not mine. That's not mine. And all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was Lindy Ruff's, too. Wow, that's I know, great. he was Lindy. So the yeah. coach of the team the did coach. this to his own player. Jeez. So that's the way that Marty, I didn't know it was Lindy all the time. I knew that Lindy was part of it because it was the cop's that he was buddies with in Florida like uh, actually the equipment guy for I don't know if he's still there but there was a guy named John Corman who's a Broward County de- deputy and okay. he was the equipment guy for the visiting teams there so Lindy was friends with him when he co- from when he coached the Panthers old school and, he, stories, and man. he set this whole thing up and oh, it was yeah. just hilarious and Marty said the entire team was watching from the bus, just in hysterics because they all knew it was a prank and poor Brian Campbell who was a rookie was in handcuffs like saying it's not mine <laughs> it's Jeez. not mine just pretty unbelievable um um a couple other fun questions um you know uh, uh somebody asked like what's your favorite like uh sushi and pizza toppings oh man um this is <laughs> Lisa mean, su- that asked
2: this question sushi and pizza to- sushi for me like if I'm gonna do sushi I think I just like a salmon roll or something like that like that's um I mean I always I was try to go to uh Billy sushi or um I mean I'm just a big roll guy I order order a bunch of stuff Crab rolls Salmon rolls All that stuff So um, Pizza toppings for me I'll do um, I love like a margarita Uh Or like it's got to be like Prosciutto arugula type thing So An Italian pizza Um, And I I know this This always comes up with with toppings But I still can I'll I'll eat uh, a pineapple
1: on pizza too I know that's that's been controversial (laughs) So uh, I'll do that yeah, uh, somebody asked if you had to play another sport. What would it be? Honestly, I think baseball. Yeah, I, I love I it. Saw I saw you mean, guys with the bats yesterday. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, just being out there. I mean, even the even like doing the media on the field is nice, yeah. you know. So um, I don't know. Just a, it, it was always a, a fun uh, sport for me. Uh, was I like, good at it? I thought so, but uh, that was when I was younger. So uh, I mean, it's just it's just such a crazy sport. Uh, you know, the games, the amount of games they play, but. Uh, I don't know, there's nothing better than playing on a sunny day outside in a ballpark
1: A couple more minutes with uh, Marcus and I'm going to let him get on with his day He's got a day off tomorrow too, well earned Um, AJ asks, who would win a scrap between you and Nick? No, me for sure, not a doubt (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah i got height on him I got reach on him so we'll yeah, yeah. I'll be good there yeah Do you remember when we were in edmonton and uh you were with your dad and he got wh- what happened to him in columbus all of a sudden it was like horrifying he like uh well he
2: got shot in the, he got a, he took a puck in the face i think we were watching that right yeah yeah and crazy yeah, and yeah and he, on the
1: father-son trip of the yeah, wild i think he had a goal i think it was against philly yeah, oh and then he God, comes, yeah. didn't he come back and scored like the winner or something? I think
2: something. he had a, the, yeah, something it was, it was a crazy game, but uh, I think he scored that between the legs goal, mm-hmm. and then he blocked the shot in the right. face, so
1: it went from really good to really bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, somebody asked if uh, if you had to choose, this is Colin Jacobs, if you had to choose a different animal nickname other than Moose, what it would it be?
2: <laughs> different <laughs> animal nickname. Yeah. Oh, man, I think. Uh, moose works, though. Yeah, Moose works. I mean, an animal, uh, Tiger? tiger <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with tiger
1: um let's see uh any wild rookie is standing out to you right now that like you're like this guy you know yeah you know there's there's a few i mean i,
2: I think bold looks boldy looks really good and and um you know rossi too and, and the one guy i think that you know i just i'm gonna have a good time with if he if he can make our team or whatever is mean, beckham yeah uh, i really like this kid i think he's got a great attitude he's um, this guy was cheering on veterans on the bike test. Like it was kind of comical. Like I remember my rookie year, I wouldn't talk to anyone and this kid's got some swagger and, and, uh, I love it. I think it's so good for our room and so good to see a young kid like that. So, um, he's a good player, just always a smile on his face. Always got a comment. Yeah. I mean, you, you go like a two on one with him. I think I've had a couple two on ones with him, and, you know, he missed the net or something and he's just, he's just very animated. And I think that's something that's great for, for a young kid coming in. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good players. I mean, Addison looks great, too. I think he's a really good, smart, heads-up 2A mm-hmm. guy and, and really good offensively. So, um, you know, for the most part, yeah, the, the, the rookies, I think, are are doing a really good job. That that should be standing out. Yeah.
1: It's funny. I, uh, Addison seems like he fit in really well last week. I remember with the game I covered in Arizona. It was two, a couple games there. I'm looking out my, like, window while I'm writing in the afternoon, and there he is just hanging out by the pool with a bunch of players, like basically like sunbathing. And I'm like, here's a, there's a confident kid, a rookie out there, just hanging out with the veterans, you know, just sunbathing. Yeah. We got,
2: we got uh, along with Addy pretty well. We call him Pablo because of that mustache. (laughs) So Pablo has been a big hit last year. He kind of just came in right away. I mean, we, Being on the road last year, um, you know, we would just after games, we'd try to get together with with the guys in a room or something and hang out. And uh, he was he was always there. And I think Mm it's good for a young guy to always just be around the guys and get to know everyone. And um, he seems really confident, you know, and and, and a lot more calmer this year.
1: Yep. Two more questions for you. Uh, Somebody asked, what's your typical game day? routine typical game day
2: uh you know wake up in the morning get a nice breakfast and then uh, head to the rink i don't pre-game skate i just i don't believe in it mm-hmm. um i just i like to save my legs and i uh, just get a nice good stretch bike ride cold tub always cold tub on game days for about 10 minutes um and then we head to uh, a reso restaurant in 50th of france uh reso we home day home games i'll say uh we go there with the guys we just pasta chicken and, and uh, salad um they have unbelievable bread there and like mm-hmm. it's like it's that's so a big big deal at our table we get a lot of bread and then that's it we go home it's probably twelve thirty by then 12 o'clock i go from one to three or one to 230 for a nap and then uh back at the rink around 4 30 15 uh for a seven o'clock game and then as soon as i get to the rink just get my uh workout stuff on um stretch out roll out and then uh, we have meetings And right after meetings I play a little soccer With the guys mm-hmm. uh, And then I do my thing For about 15 to 20 minutes Where I just do my warm up And make sure I'm sweating my legs are going And then that's it Dress, warm up, play hockey mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty much A game day for myself It's
1: funny So Ray Shiro asked me To make him a list Of a bunch of restaurants The other day And Arezzo's the one I could not remember Yeah And I told him like, And believe it or not You're not even going to believe this the, the only, I've been there twice With Miko Koiva. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know like uh, you know how like sometimes I'll take players to lunch during training camp to yeah. feature on them or whatever. And uh that's his that was his place and I just couldn't remember with Ray the other day with the name I'm like just yeah, an Italian restaurant so.
2: 50th in France. Yeah, yeah. it's a good spot. It's yeah. a good spot. Yeah, really, yeah. Yeah. Um
1: last question. Uh, by the way, how's your family? I haven't even asked you uh, how's your how's your wife? How's yeah, your kids? Are, you gonna, are they gonna, are your kids going to be ready f- to be on skates by winter class Yeah, or? absolutely. My
2: yeah. my uh my wife's doing good. She actually just had her 30th birthday this weekend. So Nice yeah we're in the 30 club now and then uh my uh my daughter olivia the oldest uh she's just a firecracker she's uh she's kind of an adult already but she has been on i got her on skates last year and uh i got her on the outdoor pond and uh we've been this year i'll try to push her a little bit harder to get out there a little bit more so she's come come winter classic uh, day she can uh try to skate on her own stand up on her own at least yeah. and then i got another daughter camila who's about to turn one october seven and um She'll be probably pulled around in a sled, yeah. but she's an absolute tank. Yeah. This girl uh, this girl is something else. She's uh, So I got two girls, and they'll be ready with Winter Classic
1: jerseys for well, sure. Well, I'm hoping I'm not ruining a surprise, but one of the cool things they're doing at this Winter Classic is they're going to have like 15 rinks around the main rink D- with the ice dyed blue and they're going to have all these youth games not only before the game and after but during your game there's going to be kids playing oh, on these awesome. ponds so you, that'll that's be pretty cool. neat with yeah. uh, your, your kids to get oh, that's out oh that's going to be a blast and, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. that's awesome um, last question I just love this question from Timu it said um, um, lately you've been getting an increasing amount of recognition and how important uh, you know part of the lineup you are to the wild in your own opinion why do you think this is and do you think you haven't uh, found another gear that maybe you didn't have seasons past?
2: Um, honestly, I think it's just the way that my confidence has been, you know, has, has kind of snowballed with this organization. I, I came in, um, my first year and it was, you know, iffy and, um, and I realized, that, you know, I had a good, um, I don't know, I would say I found my game in the, in towards the end of the season, my first year, then my second year really picked up. And, and for me, it's just confidence. And, um, you know, I do think I found my voice in my room and they really got to know the guys and they got to know me and understand that, uh. Um, hey, listen, like I think, you know, my game is there's a lot of great players in this game. I'm not saying I'm up there, but um, I really took it upon myself to kind of perfect it and be really good at the little things. And um, I saw, you know, obviously my offensive side went up a little bit more just to playing with, you know, Eric Sinek and Jordan Greenway. And we found that line. And um, But even before that, I just feel like I was, I was getting more chances, more shots, more opportunities um, just from my work ethic and finding out my, my role and um, really kind of finding out, you know, where to be in certain situations. So um, and on top of that, I, I, I try to play physical and play for my teammates. And I think that goes a long way. You know, I think skilled guys love tough guys in a way. They, yeah. they help the skilled guys. And I think that's how you build some good relationships and sticking up for teammates. It goes a long way. So, um, you know, that's how I grew up watching the game. And um, that's how I kind of, uh, you know, you know want my game to go moving forward do I have another gear absolutely I think I try to get better every summer um you're a power I'm, play guy now yeah exactly I'm power play <laughs> guy we'll see how long that lasts but uh you know I think that Beckman might
1: take your spot yeah. If makes,
2: too. <laughs> yeah yeah he'll probably tell me too how cocky that guy is so no I, that's uh that's just something that I, I just want to always keep getting better and better every year yeah. and um uh, you know, I don't want this to be, you know, a three-year deal and that's it. I want yeah. to try to extend this with Minnesota and just keep going as far as yeah. I can.
1: Well, that was a fun day when you extended because you know how much uh, the beat writers like you. I remember, <laughs> you know, you, you talked about just kind of the maturing as a as a player here and how you, you start off kind of slow. And then all of a sudden, I still remember to this day, we were in the locker room like your second year. And we called you after a loss and you like, you were as candid as anybody I've ever heard after a loss. And Sarah McClellan and I, when you were done, we, we looked at each other straight on like, why have we not been requesting him after every game? Like we had no clue that oh, you were no, I was throwing one, such, under the bus probably. <laughs> but it was just like, one, it was candid, but two, obviously, you know, you're a great quote. And, and, uh, but I remember Sarah and I both had this like epiphany, you know, epiphany like moment, like wait a minute we have not used this for a year and a half yeah, how yeah. dumb are we so yeah. anytime you guys we lose you're gonna call on me that's perfect <laughs> i said to dumba and you after the after your press conference the other day i'm like now you got to talk to us after every yeah. game oh so, yeah
2: i know so, we know what comes with it yeah
1: well hey marcus always a pleasure really appreciate it i kept you way longer than i told no, you i would so uh, as always um you know thanks for joining straight from the source and uh, again you've just been a class act to deal with so accessible um you know your brother has always been that way your dad has always been that way so it's not shocking that you are as well thank you appreciate thanks for having me on
0: looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human in customer service anytime sounds like a real game changer if you ask us make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply
1: Well, thanks again to Marcus Foligno for joining Straight from the Source this week. There's tons of podcasts throughout our platform. Joel Quenville, the head coach of the Florida Panthers, joins Ian Mendes and Haley Salvin in this week on The Athletic Hockey Show. And thanks for listening to Straight from the Source. Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. Subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a thirty-day free trial, then just ninety-nine cents a month after that. And right now annual subscriptions to the athletic are fifty percent off when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Talk to you next week, everybody.